The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. All right, and welcome to episode 29 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as usual, joined by KC from Portland. Good morning. Yeah, we've a decent amount to get through, but KC will find this a nice relaxing come down having moved house this week, and as we all know, that's a massive pain in the ass. Yes, four, four house moves I've been involved in this year, so I, I have said we're not moving again for seven years at least. And you see, that's what happens when no one wants to live with you. <laughs> it's forced from home to home yeah poor little orphan boy guys. hey i am not little yeah that's fair uh poor fat orphan boy <laughs> do you know who else isn't li- do you know who else isn't little who oliver mcburney <laughs> <laughs> and he scored twice as swansea do two all against us that's the first games <laughs> see that's a cracking set goddamn seamless transitions in this podcast <laughs> that was smooth yeah did you actually get to see 90 minutes on this one uh yes i did get to watch this one this one uh this is i think the last of the games that i got to see live um and yeah it was it was definitely different after the first few games of the season seeing as being dominated more um but to be fair, you know, we, we battled away, kept creating chances. Um, I think a 2 2 draw was probably about fair. Yeah, I think it were. If any team was going to really, if either team deserved to win it, it would probably Swansea. Like, we had to post out. I can understand why. I mean, losing Liam Cooper in warm up was a big blow. So, going into mm. a game with a back four of Shackleton, Berardi, Ailing, and Douglas, three full backs and an 18 year old centre mid, it. It isn't the greatest start. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I clearly miss that because the coverage I get out here it starts about five minutes before kickoff. So you got the team, and I and clearly someone had just seen it on on Twitter or something like that. They stuck the graphic up, and then I just went, "What? Where's Cooper? What? Hey!" And I had to take. That's when I had to text. She was like, "What? What happened to him? No one said anything." Yeah, which at that point the answer was injured, and that's as specific as it got. Yeah, because I was just looking going, they just announced him, but he's definitely not on the field. Yeah, no, yeah. it always sets you back when you lose one in warm-up like that, particularly as Janssen was out with the back injury that was described on certain websites as a foot injury, which was a bit weird. One, one and the same. Yeah. Uh, but we uh, one of the things that I liked about this was as much as we were second best for a long time, it's another game where we did take us chances when we came. And the first goal, I thought Shackleton did absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, he showed a really good turn of pace to to get past the to get past the fullback and and just smash it across. Um, I didn't realise he was quite as quick as that. I don't know if it's just that I've not had the chance to really see it yet. But yeah, he, he looked he looked comfortable taking on the fullback, trying to get past him, and um, a good finish from Roof just to smash it in as well, just getting in, getting on the end of it. Yeah, there was that. I mean, we didn't. It, the defending on the second goal really wasn't great. We let him cross the ball far too easily, and Berardi was five yards away from McBurney. I know Berardi's not going to beat McBurney in air, but if he's somewhere near him, it becomes a much more difficult header. Mm. 
But it was a really good header, in fairness. Yeah. I think it was was it the first goal where you could just see in, in one of the replays, slow motion in the background, just Barati punching the floor, like full-on smashing the floor after McBurney had scored. Yeah, it was after the first one. He was absolutely fuming. To be honest, that first one, I mean, I'm not chewing him out. He's still been great, and I definitely would keep him in the side the whole time, but I think Peacock Fowler should have saved it. Because mm. he, he, he guessed right way and he got there. Yeah, I think he'll be disappointed. But fair play, I feel like he, he's redeemed himself in other games. Yeah. And then the, the second equaliser from Hernandez, Bamford's little step over and dummy to get in down left was really good. Good ball across. And it was a weird one because he didn't look like he was getting there until he scored. Honest, honestly, I have no idea how Hernandez got on the end of that. It just just watching it. Um, like you say, he he always seemed to be behind the defender. Even when the, he took the shot, he looked like he was behind the defender. Um, he did really, in the same way that Bamford probably shouldn't have been able to get to where he did. That was, it was poor defending on their part, just to because Bamford completely rolls him, um, gives it gets into acres of space with just one little move. Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't even a, a particularly quick cross. It just. It just seemed to be a slow motion goal. It was very odd. But fair play to Hernandez for getting inside to not far off the penalty spot. To be fair, so he's cut in a fair way. Yeah. Well, it was a good result. But we saw. Um, we saw the other side of Bielsa in this, and not that that's a complaint by any means. He's the one thing that I've noticed with him is that he's left his changes very late. Quite a long way around. You know, every game he's left him pretty late when he can. And yeah. this one, 27 minutes gone, and off comes Phillips for Baker. Drops click into a holding roll. At the time, I thought that it was a little bit harsh on him, but I do think, but it was an understandable thing to do and proved to be the right thing to do. I, I think watching Phillips' performance, he looked like there was a good chance he was going to get sent off before half time. Yeah, particularly up against Selena, who is a really good player. Yeah, Selena had a, a good game for that. Their midfield did pretty well, because that was the first game for Leroy Fur back this season as well, I think. Yeah, when he went off, it were good for us, for him going off. I, I saw a lot of comparisons on Twitter, people comparing him to, say, Championship Shiaiatore. Yeah, he he looked he looked every bit quality. Um, you know, he basically looked like a, a Premier League player that had come down. Um, but yeah, I think Phillips, he was getting frustrated. He'd, he'd put in a couple of tackles, got booked in the first five minutes. It was very early. I'm not sure exactly when, but it was very early. Yeah. Um, his passing was off and I think you could see the frustration building in him. And I think it was, like you say, I think it was a very good chance he was probably going to end up getting a second yellow card. So I think it was for the best that he came off. Yeah, but it, it does show that he's, Bielsa's not... Wait, if something's going wrong, he will try and fix it. Even though he kept the system exactly the same, he just moved people about to fit it. He won't... I mean, he's never going to be scared of anything, is he really, Bielsa? But he just went, nope, off you come. You, didn't, no, you, and, and you don't see less experienced managers doing things like that. Yeah, and interestingly as well, I think he was he's been asked about it, and one of the things he said was, um, if I start changing the system around or if the players start playing a different way after, if we go behind or under pressure then 
they lose faith in me and they lose faith in the system. Well, actually, I, I know which uh, press conference that was in. It's worth bringing up now because it was just before the Norwich game. Uh, yeah. So, uh, for, oh, uh, we both had us winning that game. I had 1-0, you had 2-1. Uh, but yeah, before, yeah. It, that was after the very long uh, press conference apology to Hernan Crespo. Things you didn't think you'd hear in a Leeds United press conference. Yeah, saying that when he was a young player, he said that he was a very mature young player. And then he managed him a few years later and he said he'd really matured as a player. And Crespo remembered what he'd said and said, well, how can that be? Which one is true? And he admitted to him that he wasn't telling the truth the first time. And like 20 years later, Bielsa's still saying, this is the kind of thing I cannot forgive and I am right not to forgive myself. It does show he is a bit mental. He's, he's a very complex character, clearly. Yeah, he's a... And, and, you know, like you said, Crespo even came out and said, you know, I, th- th- I've put this in all behind me now. We've, we've moved on. He is still one of uh, the best managers I've worked with. Hmm. Um, but Crespo did admit that he was really hurt by it. Which means that... It makes me think that Crespo's... I think it means that Crespo might have quite a similar sort of outlook to Bielsa, because I think a lot of players wouldn't really have given a shit about that. Mm. And maybe wouldn't have thought about it twice, but it was after he said all that about how he needs to be honest and always tell the truth, that was when he he linked that to his tactics and said, that's why we keep playing this way. Don't matter if we're losing with 10 minutes left, it don't matter when it is, we keep playing this way. Because if I abandon it when we're losing, then they'll stop believing in me and believing in the tactics. Yeah, there is, there, there is, for intents and purposes, there's no plan A, no plan B. We we play the same way regardless. There is plan. Sorry, I, I said no plan A and no plan B. There's a plan A, obviously. Oh, you see, I thought you were being clever. I thought you were being clever and saying there is no plan A, there is no plan B. There is just the plan. I wish I'd stuck with that now. That sounds better. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it shows a good philosophy, and this is how I play. This is how I want you guys to play. We don't deviate from that. And I think, um, you know, I think that's why I think for someone like Pontus, it's, it's going to take a little bit of adjusting because I think Pontus can play the ball out, but I do think he, he is still in that mindset of get your foot behind it at times and get it out. Um, and I think having had less time, you know, or no time in preseason working on that, that's why he's kind of behind in the pecking order at the moment, whereas Berardi and Cooper have had that time working on that, getting the ball, being comfortable on it, bringing it out more, um, as opposed to, you know, we're under pressure, as as you could have seen us doing against Swansea when they were pressing us a bit more and seeing players just smash it forward, but they, they stuck to the game plan. Yeah, and the uh, the game plan certainly worked in the next one, uh, which in which Janssen returned to the side and he had a good game as well. But a 3-0 mm. win away at Norwich. Uh, this was a weird one for me because I'd been on nights and I did set an alarm to get up for the game and I just slept straight through it. So I woke up when our last woke me up at about six and I, yeah. went, I went downstairs, but she told me the score and luckily... Uh, Walmart had, had uploaded the full 90 minutes. So I did actually get to see the ESPN Plus coverage. Oh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, he'd, up, he'd uploaded the 90 minutes and I watched it 
straight after to do player ratings article and stuff. But watching the full 90 minutes with no nerves whatsoever is a very strange experience. I don't think I liked it. No, it, it's, I think it's always one of the reasons I've always struggled watching, uh, watching any sort of, you know, any sort of spot once you know the outcome. Um, it's quite, it, it's quite difficult to get through if you, if you're kind of expecting things to happen at a certain time and, as, as opposed to watching a game unfold before you and develop in, in a way. Um, but yeah, it was a game we, I think we both were very confident about winning and we, uh, yeah, for what it's worth, I had two nil and you had three one. Yeah. Uh, and we absolutely, we just completely outplayed them again, which is in a sharp contrast to, I think we played them, was it the second or third to last game of last season in it turned out to be was it like the Russell Martin like testimonial almost it was Wes Houlihan that was it Houlihan it was his last home game it was the one where uh, the game where Don Matteo went Don Matteo that's I read something about Don Matteo just before we came on I saw a tweet of him like with his kid in a lead shirt or something Oh, yeah, okay. I, I was after Noel Whelan was the name I actually wanted to say. Mm. Uh, but Noel Whelan was going absolutely mental, wasn't he? Because they'd all said before the game, this will be like a testimonial. Don't get sucked into that atmosphere. Go out and batter. And they got completely sucked into it and played and just no intensity whatsoever. But they weren't like yeah. that for this. Uh, goals from Click, Alioski and Hernandez again. Uh, Click's goal... It was a good finish, but it, as a follow-up from the Alioski header, but the main thing in the goal was the pass from Hernandez to Alioski, which, mm. which was just absolutely world-class. He he's just he's just like he's like a fine wine at this point, fine Rioja. He's just getting better with age. I, I, I beggars belief that we at any point last season considered not giving him a new contract. How it got to two or three months before the end of the season and we hadn't tied him down is beyond me. Yeah, that's uh, it's scary, isn't it? Well, I, it was one of my favourite Bielsa quotes so far after the game when they said to Bielsa, at 33 years old, obviously Hernandez is a really good player. Uh, he said, do you think you can improve Pablo Hernandez as a player? And he said, I think he can improve me as a coach. He, he's just so good. And again, considering even at the start of last season, uh, you, me and Connie were saying... Uh, he's he's probably not the player you want playing, you know, tough games away from home or and now and then I think the back end of last season when we were awful, he was the one kind of saving grace and you just look how important he is to this team now. Yeah. But he has definitely like the defensive side of his game has improved over the last year and a half, two years. Yeah. Like he did not used to win this many tackles and work back as well as he does now. Yeah. He's he's just He's absolutely, for the championship at least, he's, he's got to be in the top five players. Yeah, he's he is too classy for this league. If it could still run like he used to, mm. it, it'd still be, it could still be on the Spain squad if it could run. He's that good. Yeah. And you and just that, that attacking line now of Alioski, Saiz, Hernandez, who for the most part have now had a, pretty much a year of playing together. Um. It's such such a good unit together. They are they seem to have got a good understanding, um, link up well between the three of them and Roof. 
and in fairness, and Click as well. Well, yeah. Because he's been getting forward a real lot. Um, yeah, so the, the build-up play for these goals now, we're playing some really nice stuff. Yeah, it was a real nice bit of build-up for the second goal as well. Douglas firing, passing to Roof and him just turning it round corner for Alioski. It's a good hit to smash it home at near post. You'd, you'd expect to keep it a save, that. Yeah, good power on it. A little bit of outside on it, so it curled right in around the post. Um, mm. I, I, again, I think I said it in the last podcast, but Alioski at the moment looks like he's really enjoying his football. Yeah, it's been a bit weird because... Even the people that don't particularly rate Alioski have been going, well, there's been, like, because last couple of games he's been, like, for instance, against Burry, just some of his runs were really stupid and he just kept getting, and he got caught offside far too much and stuff. But mm. even the people who aren't the biggest fans of him are going, but, you know, he has got a couple of assists and a couple of goals in six games. And it does work out there. So that's the difference with team this season. When, even if the players are having a poor game, you can see, you can see what they're going for. Mm. Whereas when we had bad games under Heckingbottom, it just looked like there was no discernible plan whatsoever. Well, that's it. I mean, I you, you think about the Swansea game now and just imagine what we'd have been like in that sort of situation last season. Mm. You know, they score an early goal, that'd have been it. Yeah. You know, I uh, outside of... Um, I've been listening through to old episodes of the podcast because I just love the sound of my own voice that much. Because you're a massive narcissist. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you ought to be managed by Bobby Heenan Oh, that'd be, it'd be fantastic Look at him, Narcissus <laughs> um, But yeah, and I think you, you listen at times And as I said, Hernandez was playing well But outside of that, we, we'd go through central midfield options You'd go, Phillips is out of form O'Kane's out of form Vieira's out of form Alioski's not looking great Saez has been alright occasionally Um I don't know, you're just looking, yeah, Phillips didn't have a good game. So take him off after 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it was, get someone else in and, you know, the game plan continues. Yeah, um, they just look so much more confident. Yeah. And they that that showed with third goal, actually, because that was a really confident bit of play. The way that they're just keeping ball on left-hand side, Douglas, little ball inside Fernandez, and... A non-confident player would have... He's facing wrong way. He'd have just played it back out wide. Mm. But he's got yeah. time, turns, beats a man, curls it far corner. It's a, it's a very Hernandez finish. Yeah. I'd absolute quality finish. Like you say, nice link-up play again. Um, he's got complete awareness of where the defender is. And he just has that little touch out to get it on his right and curls it round. One of the things I do like is... Um, I'm pretty sure it's in, in this game when he hits it, you see one of the defenders get out of the way as the shot's curling in towards him. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice little touch. It's just like, I'm going, shit, I'm not getting in the way of that. Oh, bollocks. Um, but yeah, 3-0 was thoroughly deserved. Yeah. Obviously, I mentioned that Janssen came back into the side and he had a good game and he did. But I also, Phillips bounced back so well in this game. Mm-hmm. He had a really good game. And I just loved that in last minute, him coming in with that flying block when it's up 3 0, you know, game's over, and he's in there fighting for everything. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but at the moment he's racking up. We talk about, you know, Alioski getting a number of goals and assists at this point. Phillips is racking up 
uh, blocks and interceptions at a rate of knots. Yeah, and his passing's been so much better. He's still had a couple... Mm. I mean, he, he wasn't against Swansea and he had a really bad 15 minutes against Rotherham. Mm. I mean, he had a really good 75 minutes at the other side of that for, <laughs> against Rotherham as well. But, like, he has been consistently so put I would have never in a million years if you'd have said his best position is going to be really deep in midfield and dropping into centre-back. Well, I think I said it, I think it was at the end of last season or just after Bielsa came in, um, the position I thought he would have moved to, would, I thought he'd be the backup at 10. I thought he'd be the backup for size. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was going to be kind of like Johnny House and we move him forward, take the defensive responsibilities away from him, give him a little bit more freedom. Um, and that's where it was going to go. Yeah, I I didn't see him becoming Claude Makalele. Yeah, I I just I'm I was really impressed, and I'm really glad we've kind of uh, prosthetized about how good we were in that game, because the next game, luckily it was the League Cup, and we weren't that bothered because we were absolutely shite. <laughs> Two 0 yeah. defeat at home to Preston. Uh, I don't think this had any TV coverage every, anywhere. So have you just seen like the extended highlights? Yeah, I just watched the highlights on LU TV. Um, like you say. I think when I looked online, the best the best I was was um, some Periscope feeds, but that was about it. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, obviously I went. It was Leeds wouldn't have scored if in this game if they'd have played for four days. Mm. They never once looked like scoring, even with Preston having ten men for an hour. Yeah, I think watching the first half as well, we we never really got a grip on the game at all. Uh, you know, we had a couple of opportunities at set pieces, but um, one thing I will say, I was quite impressed with Bamford's movement and getting into positions, and his finishing wasn't great, but he was getting in all the right areas at least, which is which is nice to see when you've you're coming on for what for us is the biggest amount of money we've spent in a long time, and then you've been on the bench all season, so it's quite nice to see he's, he's trying to put a shift in, getting himself about. Um, like you say, I, th- I just think, and not just him. I think his, I think the whole team. Our finishing was was pretty poor on the day. Yeah, we just had a overall off day. I mean, to be fair, it's one of them weird things where sometimes you know when you see something in the ground and then see it back on TV and it's completely different to what you thought. Yeah, it must have been where we were because me and everyone around me at first when we first saw uh, their red card, we thought it looked a bit harsh. And then I saw it back on TV, and it was a horrendous tackle. Yeah, it's and it's mostly in the follow through. Yeah, I think when you watch it, it's just so high. Um, and for what it's worth, uh, the, the opposite of that, of course, is that in the ground, their pen looked like a dive. And then I watched it back on telly, and it looked even more like one. Yeah, that, that was poor. I think it was. Um, it's a shock as he went across and. Yeah, it the it wasn't really the dive that wound me up. The, there's so many mistakes in that goal. Like the balls with Blackman, he gives it to Shockness. He was in a bad position and under pressure. And I know mm. that we do pass the ball out from the back, and it's part of the system. But when the keeper has the ball at his feet, especially for a goal kick, if they mark everyone, it does then push him forward. Yeah, he didn't for this one. Uh, he gave it to Shockness. He played it into Dallas, who was under even more pressure. Facing one way, yeah. he lost ball, and that's where it comes from. But now I, I'm not go- I'm not writing him off by any means. If Bielsa thinks there's a player in there, 
it's fair enough. It was 45 minutes. You can't really judge out on it. But God, Shotnessy had an absolutely awful game. Yeah, it was disappointing for their second as well. Cause he, he ran away. He tracks. He didn't backtrack. He ran away. <laughs> and then he when I've forgotten the guy. I've forgotten the striker's name now. It's not uh, Malt. The one that scored the second. Was it second. Was it Brandon yeah. Barker? That was it, Brandon Barker. Like, fair play to him because he picks it up on about the edge of the centre circle in, in Preston's half and he just bombs on. Like you say, Shognacy just keeps running back and then he did, there's no effort made to block the ball. There's no effort made to make a tackle. He just touch out to the side. It's a good finish. From, oh, it's a cracking it's a cracking strike. Um, there's nothing Blackman could have done about that once he got to that point. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't good defending in any way. No, he, um, he didn't do himself any favours in terms of I think he needs a few more under 23 games to try and get up to speed yeah um, uh, the, I think this, the, the one good thing you pro- could probably say about the second half was um, again the quality of size when he came on in the second half yeah he wasn't at his absolute best but he did stand out he looked by far the most likely when he came on yeah um, but again I, like, I can't think of too many saves in the second half, their keeper had to make a lot of shots wide. Jack Harrison had a couple of efforts again. Um, but re- really a fairly quiet evening for the, uh, Maxwell, I think it yeah. was, in goal for them. I thought Harrison was below par. I thought, in, I actually, in the player ratings for, for it altogether, I copy and pasted my player review of Tyler Roberts from the previous League Cup game. Mm. saying it was anonymous, the ball just went down whichever side he wasn't every time. Because the same happened again. So I, I don't know what it is. He needs something, whether it's a consistent running under 23s to try and get a bit of confidence up. But he's just completely mm. anonymous and there's there's some elements of the way Grot was playing about it. Yeah, I think with, with Roberts and just watching the highlights, he has that one shot in the first half which he goes for the left foot curling shot and it goes a mile wide and that was I think that's all I saw of him in that game yeah uh, we did get we did get a message on Twitter earlier apparently Glock got man at match for Venlo either earlier today or yesterday good again it'd be it's a good chance for him to hopefully build up some confidence because I think I remember looking when we signed him he still hadn't played that much first team football in Holland and hadn't scored that many goals so Hopefully, it's be a chance for him to get a consistent run. Uh, you know, a bit less pressure on him. Uh, um, you know, not not. That I'm saying there isn't huge amounts of pressure from the uh, from the Venlo fans to fire them into a UEFA Cup qualifying round game yeah. next season. But it was uh, Eric Klein that sent us that thing. By the way, I just checked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if he can, you know, if he came back with 10, 15 goals this season. Uh, compared to the season he had last year, you'd you'd be pretty happy with him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then uh, the we had I had a draw, you had us winning. The last game a couple of nights ago, this I thought was a good result, and I, one had a taken going in, even though we were at home nil nil with Middlesbrough. I thought it was about fair to be honest. They defended well and kind of nullified us. They did a good job on Saez, who admittedly this was Saez's poorest game at season so far. He made a few really poor decisions with ball. It still wasn't awful, but it wasn't up to the standards he has been. And we missed Hernandez in this game. Yeah, I was a blow to not have him in for a game of 
I wouldn't say this magnitude. I think magnitude might be overstating it a bit, but with it still only been, well, August at that point. Yeah. Um, Although, to be fair to him, uh, it was Jack Allison's best game since he joined. Mm. I think watch, watching the highlights, the main thing... Oh, yeah, this was moving This was moving day for you, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I was listening. I was listening to this as the day was going on. Um, and I will say, trying to listen to... Because I... I got the um the match day pass so i could listen to the preston game and the middlesbrough game because it i didn't realize it lasts a week which is quite oh. good oh. Ni- 99 99p for basic commentary for the two games yeah so i won't co- i can't complain about that um but trying to get it on my phone was an absolute nightmare um if, if anyone has could find it like tell me the easy way to do it because i tried listening through the app on my phone and it just says oh uh no live coverage is available this time you just screaming no we're playing a game right now come on well it's still the same people that do lutv so we can't expect it to work now can we well yeah true it's just me there thinking jeez i spent 99p on this sorry a dollar 26 is apparently converted to um but Watching the highlights, especially, you just realise there's a lot of free kicks in this game. Yeah, the referee. I wouldn't say that it was a bias thing. I don't think it was one of them where I, I think Leeds did get slightly the rougher end at decisions, but it was more that it was just shite rather than I oh, so against Leeds. It was more just he had a really poor game. It was it was interesting because they didn't even show the build up to free kicks. You just see. To just go straight to a slow motion uh, replay of the tackle that had given away the free kick while commentating, while the commentary is about five seconds ahead already telling you what's going to happen with the free kick. Oh, right. So it, it, it kind of after a while you went, Jesus, there are a lot of fouls in this game. Um, but I think you, you, uh, probably these will be like the two most contrasting teams in the league. You've got to imagine Tony Pulis's team against Marcelo Bielsa's. Yeah, the, what I will say is they don't just lump it in the way that Pulis's Stoke side did. They're not. They they're a bit more footballing than that. It was a. It was interesting actually. I got the bus in straight from work for this game. I went straight to Ellen Road, and uh, on bus I was sat talking to a couple of Borough fans. Mm. And before the game, they like they asked me, you know, so what do you reckon today? And I said I'd take a point. I really would. And they were saying, "Yeah, I, yeah, we would as well." So I don't think either team was disappointed to come out with a draw and go in top two at international break. Yeah, top top two tied on points. Um, we are top of the league on goal difference, so that is, mm. that is very important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, and I will say one of the things that I, I quite liked. I watched um, someone put up the post-match on Sky and talk about Bailey Peacock Farrell. He was my man at match in this game. He he looked very impressive, very confident, um, especially when you see him hurtling out, you know, 20, 25 yards to go for that ball to smash it into the stand. You just, uh, there's, there, you know, you get a bit nervous when you're watching things like that, but um, looked very confident coming out, knew he was going to get there, smashed it out, um, it's good to see, you know, defenders have confidence in him as well. And like you say, he made a string of big saves in this game. Yeah, he did. He, 
he made some big saves. They probably had slightly the better chances, but we played the better football. As I say, Peacock Farrell was my man at matching this. He was confident coming out. He didn't pull any tricks like Alisson did for Liverpool yesterday. Hey. <laughs> that was really poor. But I think it showed a lot about uh, the confidence having team at the minute. When Douglas had that free kick in like 96th minute, I was mm. st- I was stood there convinced that it was going in. Yeah, I was just convinced we were going to score. Really stick it up them at the end. Yeah, but uh, I had a 3-1 with him for that. You had one apiece, so you did actually get something from that. So after eight games, uh, I've got 12 points, one correct result, two correct scores. You've got 10 points, no correct scores, but five correct results. Can I ask how you've got one only one correct result but two correct scores? Well, I've got one two points and two five points. Okay. Yeah, I just keep them separate. All right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, Stoke at home, Derby away, Rotherham at home, Swansea away, Norwich away, Middlesbrough at home. That is a tough start and we've come out of it four wins, two draws, top of the league. Yeah, and, and we both said on the last podcast as well, if we came away from these three games with five points, we'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, we did say that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and like you say, I think on the balance with the Swans in and, uh, and Middlesbrough games, a, a point is a fair result from both of those. Um, you know, we've stuck to the way we've stuck to our philosophy, played some nice stuff. We've not panicked. Um I mean, especially when you think of like this between Stoke, Derby, and Norwich, those have been three games that we have just annihilated teams from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, well, there's been quite a lot of news since the last few, uh, mo- but a lot of it is going to be us going, yeah, <laughs> and not having much to say. Uh, first of all, under 18s have played twice, beat Millwall 2 0, Charlie Cresswell penalty, and Henry Cumwender. Uh, and then they lost 2-1 at Charlton for your Hudson with goal and under 23s drew one all with QPR. Ryan Edmondson. But the main thing to come out of that that might be interesting, particularly given the bad performance that Shockness he had, for the last five minutes, mm. Apo Halmey came on. Yes, he's back. He's alive. He's alive and well. Yeah, signed in January has been... Well, it might not have even... Te- I think it was right at the start of the January window. So he's been out mm. all year with a foot injury. Uh, he came out in press saying in Finland that he'd been back training for a couple of weeks before this game. So he's been back training for three weeks now. Uh, it'll have been yeah. hard on him, but you would think that mentally he must be really up for it now. Yeah. Um, what did you say? Ten months. Especially when he came in and... Uh, you know, I think the plan was he was going to start out in the under-23s and it looked like he was going to be... They were hoping he would be moving up into the first team kind of towards the end of the season. Yeah, he was like the only under-23 signing where they specifically said with a view to moving up to the senior squad. Yeah, so, you know, it's got to be disappointing to him and especially when you just move over. I don't. He didn't even get that many games under his belt for the under-23s, I don't think. I don't, I, he never played once. That was his debut. That was his debut. Oh, that was a, oh, lovely. Um, so yeah, it's it's good to have him in the squad now, and hopefully, if he can get some game time under his belt and uh, play with some consistency, he might again be be a viable kind of backup option for the first team. Um, I know. I think because I'm trying to remember now. I know Pascal Stroik has been 
kind of the, the one of the regular centre backs. I can't remember who the other one would be. He'll have been playing with Hugo Diaz mostly. Oh yeah, Diaz. Who I know he did okay those couple of games he had to play last season, but when he played in pre-season this year, I thought he really struggled. Mm. And the other thing with Halme, if he does turn out to be any good, he's six foot four. Yes, he's a big lad. And God, we could do with some height. I mean, I know Berardi has done fucking brilliantly. Like, he has mm. surpassed everything so much. But when we were defending those set pieces against Middlesbrough, I couldn't help but think, God, I wish Jansen was on. And I mean, he only came on for the one set piece we had and came and cleared everything and got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think having a one of the backup players be six foot four, because that was one of the weird things with Shocknessy. He seemed to be two inches shorter and three stone lighter. Yeah. When he played against Preston than, he, than I remembered him being. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Another thing that's uh, interesting with Halme, uh, I've actually missed it off the notes because it happened after I wrote them. Uh, but that Leeds United Academy thing tweeted, they haven't seen it confirming it, but they're normally right. Apparently he's been called up for Finland's under-21s. It must say it must say something about the the players they have available to them. And it must say a lot about how what uh, what they think about him from his time in the under-19s and stuff. If he's been out all that time, mm. played five minutes of under-23 football and they've called him straight up as soon as he's fit. Yeah. It's, I think that's a good sign. He's uh, one of quite a few. Uh, Kunta Manushkov has gone away with Bulgaria's under-19s. Uh, Tom Pearson, Will Huffer, England under-20s. Janssen's off with Sweden. Tyler Roberts has got called up for Wales, senior squad for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Peacock, Farrell and Stuart Dallas have gone with Northern Ireland. And in hashtag click news, he has been called up by, by Poland about four years after his last game. Yeah, it just shows... Because I, I didn't realise the, the time until someone had mentioned this, that it had been four years since he was last in a Poland squad. So it shows it wasn't just from him not playing for us. It was even before that, he'd, he'd dropped away. Um, so it's a testament to him with how he, he played the second half of last season when he was out on loan and then how he's kicked on this season with us. Um, again, you just watch and you just, just wonder how we ever played without him last season. Yeah, he's a... He's fast climbing the ranks of everyone's favourite player, I think. Yeah, he he just he just looks so composed. He's willing to get forward. Like I say, he's got what has he got now? Three goals this season already. Yeah, he's got three. Yeah, he, he, well, he scored the opening goal against Stoke, the f- first goal against Derby, and the first goal against Norwich. Click to score first. That's that's your bet right there. They've got wise to it. They've shortened him up a bit. I had a look on last one. He started the <sighs> season like sixteen, eighteen to one, and now he's like nines. Oh. That's not fun. Yeah. Got to make my money somewhere. We've also had a lot of departures, but a lot of these we won't have much to say about. No. Uh, first of all, Yosuke Idaguchi. And trust, he's gone to the one team that in Germany I have still no idea how to pronounce. I've been, I believe it's, it'll be Greuter Firth, I think. But yeah, he's gone there on, sure. loan, on loan for the season with an option to buy. Apparently, the option to buy, if they take it up, we will make a bit of profit on him. Because mm. we only paid about half a million and the option to buy is about a million, apparently. Yeah. I mean, Germany seems to be a good base for Japanese players in, or Asian players in Europe. Yeah, there's, there's a fair few Japanese players there and there's lots of South Koreans. Yeah. Can we just take a moment as well to um, just mention 
the results of the Asian Cup, which normally I wouldn't pay too much attention to, but it does mean South Korea winning does mean none of the players have to go on military service. Yeah, the Spurs fans are absolutely delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not as delighted as the players are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's something to inspire you. If you, bo- you boys do well, so you'd have to do mandatory military service. Come on, boys, let's win this. There's 60 year old blokes in pubs banging the table really hard saying, they should do it here. <laughs> i tell you what, it'd have done Calvin Phillips good if at 19 he went in army for a year. Yeah. <laughs> twice the player he is now. Yeah. Uh, but to the thing with Idaguchi is, it hasn't worked out, but I really, I've, I think he does have summer about him. So if he does well, gets his move, I'd be happy with that. Uh, someone who I'd have less time for, Lawrence de Bock, has gone to Oostend for the season. I don't believe this one has an option to buy. It's um, it's not it's not surprising that he's gone. It's impressive how quickly he's ended up back in Belgium already. Um, yeah, just as you said, someone who didn't look particularly great in pre-season looked awful at the back end of last season um yeah hopefully it will turn into something permanent yeah uh, similar story in that we hope it turns into something permanent even though we don't actually have any evidence to go on because we've never seen him uh wasim boy has gone to pc zwaller for the season which i believe is like his third spell there okay um I mean, if, you, if you're struggling to get into the team for a, a poor cultural Leonessa side, it doesn't speak too highly of you. As it, Looking back now on last season, that seems to be the most pointless partnership for us because he went there for half a season, didn't play. Iguchi went there for half a season, didn't play. Yeah, what I would say is I think it says everything about that partnership where the next three players have gone and none of them have gone to Leonessa. Yeah. Oriol Rey to UB Conquense in Spanish Segunda B, which I believe is the third tier. Mm. Uh, Oriol Rey is one of the ones who did look okay last season. He looked pretty decent in under 23s. I quite liked the look of him. I was less impressed by him in pre season when he did get some game time. Yeah. I, yeah I, I've seen nothing of Oriol Rey. So. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Balboa has gone to Terrassa FC, also Spain. Yes. Yeah, sure. And, Ol- <laughs> and Oliver Sarkic has gone to Barakaldo FC for the season. Sarkic was looking okay before he got that injury, in fairness to him. Um, I have no idea who Barakaldo are. Uh, I'd never, I had never heard of them. They are another one that's Spanish, I believe, but I'd never heard of them either. Yeah, Oliver Sarkic building up some uh, some stamps in his passport. Yeah. Uh, then on to the... I'll do... Yeah, I'll do them in this order. Uh... Vernon Anita, Willem Twy for the season. I I wish him all the best. After, after I think, as we said several times, and again, listening back to the podcast, how we went through such a poor spell last season without thinking about putting Vernon Anita at centre mid instead of at left back is beyond me. Yeah, hopefully he gets a chance to play. He's still got quite a while left on his contract, so and I didn't. I, I'm not sure if there's an option to buy. Hmm. But will uh, Willem see? Ah, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. I will say I quite, I quite, I quite like their kit. It's yeah. quite nice with the 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 navy and 
and and red stripes with the white stripes in between them as well. Is Willem Tway where we got Clyde Vinard from? I believe so. This is one of these annoying things now, because I'm going to have to bloody check that. I'm sorry, I'm already on it. I'm on the laptop. Oh, cool. <laughs> you, uh, you keep going. I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the... Uh... The next player to go then. Uh, the man who was... I still think there is a chance he got kidnapped by the by the humanist elders and replaced with a carbon copy of him that's worse, as, worse at football. Uh, Eunan O'Kane <laughs> on loan at Luton Town for the season. Yeah, I think... I think he'll be disappointed as well that he's ended up at, in, in League One. Um there was talk that he would he might try and stick around and hold out for a championship a championship move in in January. Um, there's definitely a good player there. We've seen it be there before. It's just yeah. Um, he's just and the same as every other centre midfield last season. His form just absolutely fell off a cliff. Um, and and I think now that we have Forshaw, who again we were saying last season is. It does a very similar job to O'Kane, but better. Um, you got Click, you got Phillips, um, Baker's in now. He 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 just fallen so far down the pecking order at that point. Um, again, hopefully, if he if he can have a good spell and to be fair as well, Shackleton. Oh, uh, and Shackleton as well. Um, and plus, obviously, with Shackleton, he gives that level of versatility as well that you don't get with O'Kane. O'Kane is very much a holding midfielder and not a whole lot else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he has a good spell and gets himself a move. Um, I'm pretty sure he was another one who we probably extended his contract last season. I think we did right at the start because he was all right for that. It was basically all right until that awful game he had away at Sheffield United, and yeah. Summit snapped, and he just went, and that was that. Uh, but mm. the, the last one of the players that have left, uh, I've left him to last because he scored his best goal for Leeds United, really, in a way. Uh, Caleb Ekuban on loan to Trabzonspor, and I put on Twitter. I thought that's a pretty big club for, you yeah. know, compared to where I expected him to go. And he came on for his debut against Galatasaray and scored in a four 0 win. I I had very mixed feelings about this because while I was thrilled that he scored a goal against Galatasaray, I, I couldn't help but think, where was this last season? <laughs> what? Ju- sorry, just to not not to be a dick or anything, but he scored on his debut for Leeds United. Yeah, and, and that that did seem to. What did he get last season too? Yes, I think he scored in the League Cup in his de- on his debut, and he scored mm. at home to Bolton in the league. I don't think there was any others. If I remember rightly, against Barnsley at home last season is the one when he had about three one-on-one chances and just yeah every time straight at the keeper or dragged it wide. And I think that was the game when everyone really turned on Ekuban and just went, all right, Jesus Christ, get him off. Yeah, I know he works hard, but... <laughs> yeah. But no, scoring a goal against them will always uh, endear you to the lead support even more. Yeah, it'll keep him in good graces for a little while anyway. I don't know if there is a place for him when he comes back. Yeah. Again, he's... Well, he might not be back. That's one of the ones that does have a purchase option, apparently. Mm. Well, again, I... Mostly, uh, all these players, apart from Lawrence Debock, I don't particularly wish them any ill will. Um, you yeah. know, I hope they get themselves a move to get some first team football. Lawrence Debock, I just don't give a shit about. Yeah, uh, the one that there's only a couple of other little bits of news. 
Uh, one involving a player we were linked with a bit, but and we never expected to get. Ryan Woods has gone to Stoke from Brentford, which is a really good signing. It's only a loan with an arranged permanent move. In January. Because that's, com- that's completely different from buying someone. Yeah. This changing window has made all the difference in the world, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, and it was an odd way to do it this year, but yeah, it was... Um, it's a good, yeah, good move for Stoke. Very strange because I know he's heavily linked with Swansea for a while, and then um, you know Swansea obviously sold a number of players and then didn't couldn't agree. I think it was they couldn't agree personal terms with Ryan Woods and there was that apparently. Well, it was basically it was like half a million difference in fee between them, and Swansea just won't budge. Yeah, very strange for and Stoke would. Yeah, well, again. Very good player to get in. I think one of the things I heard Phil Phil Hay saying was that kind of that Stoke and uh, especially Stoke need is a bit of that championship now. And I think Ryan Woods will definitely bring that to them. Yeah. Uh, Leeds rejected a bid believed to be around £10 million from Krasnodar in Russia for Janssen. Good. Good. (laughs) We're already short at centre-back. We shouldn't be taking anything less than 25 Yeah, and especially at this stage, once you start selling, you know, if you're in the position that we are where there is clearly... We have the three centre backs, you know, um, between Barati, Cooper, and Janssen. Those, you know, those are our first, our first three choices. And once you sell someone like Janssen, yes, you get ten million. Yes, it is in the championship a decent amount of money. But at the same time, you, the clubs then know you'll be desperate to get another centre back in. Um, so the price, you know, the value on them goes up a bit more. Um, and honestly, I don't think we're going to find many players that the quality of Pontus Janssen at, at that short notice no, um, yeah I'm just glad he's still here I mean there's no pressure to sell he signed a five year contract start last season yeah it's, um, it's good to have him tied down and I don't know I don't know how well Pont. well I suppose you know a man who's willing to fight anyone would probably go down quite well in Russia but um, yeah I, th- I think he's probably happy here and I think the move he's probably looking to make would be more to the Premier League than anything else yeah uh, Leeds have got a new team to really want to lose every game I mean they're Nottingham based so I already don't really like them but Notts County have appointed that Australian wanker as manager allegedly he's a uh, he's apparently a club legend yeah uh, well that's the son saying that and fuck them as well, well. yeah um yeah, I can't. There's nothing positive I can say about that now. Um, I'm in the. I can't remember. Did I tip them to go up? I have no idea. I think I did, and they're like bottom at league. Well, well, no, you want them to go down. So. Oh yeah, I want them to go down. I'll tip the minus twenty. <laughs> <laughs> twenty points. Who gives a fuck? Uh, uh, there's. Just a little bit of news away from field. Leeds announced a partnership with that children's heart surgery fund. Uh, they did ask people to send in, you know, various charities that the club should partner up with. And uh, obviously the mm. Muscles Matter campaign came out quite highly because of Martin Howard and all the great stuff he's done. But uh, this yeah. is a really, really good cause as well. Uh, there's a Just Giving page that's linked on Leeds' website, so if you can spare a few quid. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's not much else you can say to that. I think you- Pretty much covered all Yeah, that. just good thing. Uh, then the 
the two incomings that we've had, which I've left to last because they're the most interesting bits, really. Uh, the first one, which is a bit quieter, and I don't think it's been officially announced by the club, but it, it is done. It's been all over. Uh, Nicholas Hogland uh, signed a two-year scholarship, joins the under-18s. Uh, he's been highly rated in Norway. He's been to... I think he's trained with both Milan clubs, trained at Barcelona. He's one of them that's dotted around and been looking for somewhere to continue his development. Uh, I know that a few of the Norwegian Leeds fans have talked about him a lot and said that he's been someone who's been in the consciousness for a while. And it look, and he's done. He's been pictured with Leeds shirt outside at Academy and stuff. Do they, do they just think, well, Hogland sounds similar to Haaland... And since we missed out on Erling... I did see a few people asking, is this Alfie's son? Even though it's a totally different surname. Yeah. Not that um, there aren't people with different surnames to the dads. <laughs> but, you know... You, you've just offended the whole of our Iceland, Iceland base, you know. Yeah. That'd be better, wouldn't it? Alfie's son. That'd be good. Oh, yeah, actually, no, it'd be it'd just be... Alf, it'd be Alf Ingerson, which sounds like a Icelandic name. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good that again we're still we're still looking to kind of cast our nets out and see and look for promising young players. Um, and I think um, I think one of the things it will be quite good. I remember was it last season when we were talking about Jamie Shackleton playing alongside Oriol Ray. Uh, you know, it could only be good for Jamie Shackle to be playing alongside someone who has played with, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the academies of the best clubs in Europe. Yeah. Um, so again, if we're looking abroad and looking to bring in promising young players, it, it, it's you know, it certainly can only be a good thing. Yeah, and then the the like first team transfer where Leeds fans went full on Poirot. Uh, yes, I did see. I did see the pictures from, uh, yeah. from Leeds Bradford. Step one: Izzy Brown tweets out. Snap doesn't tweet out. That's because I don't use Snapchat. Snapchat's a picture of an airport waiting lounge. Step two: hmm. couple of well-travelled Leeds fans. That's Terminal Five at Heathrow. <laughs> Step three: there's a flight from Heathrow landing at Leeds Bradford at about quarter past ten. Step four: people go wait at Rivals Lounge. Step five, pictures of Izzy Brown on Twitter going through Leeds Bradford Airport. <laughs> Step six, loan move instead of profit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fair play to Leeds man for, for piecing that one together and and keeping us updated every step of the way. I'm disappointed someone didn't try clinging onto the wheels of the plane as it took off. Yeah, yeah. So Izzy, Izzy Brown is on the plane. He has cho- he's chosen the pasta over the chicken. Um, but yeah, good signing. Someone who, um, obviously, he's, he's had his injury. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad injury and ACL. He was out for a while. I know the Brighton fans were pretty happy with him before that injury because it was in FA Cup. And he was a uh, really good at Huddersfield, but it'll be nice to see him. And the way that he, although he was a bit of a shit house to us on Twitter, I don't mind that. Mm. Yeah, it it kind of shows that he's actually he actually has fun with what he's doing and he cares about where he's playing. Um, and plus, like you say, from I remember seeing him a few times playing with Huddersfield when they went up, and he he did look. He looked very good. Um, good. Good to have the option as well. I think size is probably one of the few plays we don't 
really have the backup for yet in terms of someone who you would feel confident coming in doing the job. Um, you know, that kind of seems to be where we're looking is to create that competition between those two as, uh, in that number 10. But, you know, he's a bit flexible as well and it can come in for pretty much anyone in the attack, in that attacking midfield line. Um, so hopefully, yeah, he can build up his fitness and, you know, become a good part of the squad. Yeah, they've, they've said he won't be fit until October, but we're also not paying any of his wages until he is fit. Okay. Yes. So, you know, I think that's a pretty fair deal. I mean, they had to do it now because the deadline was 31st of August. Yeah. But I think uh, I think that's a pretty fair deal. We will do another podcast next week to preview the upcoming games because international breaks before it. And there's no point us doing it now, having it out for a week, and then there's four injuries or something before games actually happen. And you know we've got to we've got to pad out the uh, the iTunes stream. Yeah, we've got to uh, we've got to catch up these, you know, thirty five or whatever it is for every one that the other big leads podcasts get compared to us. <laughs> uh, so, but leads best price four to one to win the league and six to four to get promoted. We've played really well, but do you think that that's a bit of an overreaction by Buckies? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think um, we've played really well, but given Leeds United tendencies at the best of times, you know, you kind of got to hold off until until around Christmas anyway before we start thinking, you know, of, of bigger things. You know, it's good that we're going to see international break. We're unbeaten, played some good football. We've come up against some tough teams. And we've got ourselves in a really good position, um, but yeah, you got to try and keep your feet on the ground at the moment and and not go too crazy. Yeah, I think keeping your feet on the ground is the best way to say it. Uh, and if there's nothing to get your feet on the ground, quite like his first game when we get back, which will be Millwall away, but we'll talk about that more next time. But I do have the only question I have now: if I offered you sixth place right now, would you take it? I'm going to say no because I'm feeling confident at the moment. I think right now I have as 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 a top three team. I'd still take six right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've been burned before too many times. Yeah, just to be in, just to be confirmed as in with a shout. I mean, again, I've sat, I've I've been listening through to these old episodes, and it's quite funny every now and again when I, when one of us makes a prediction, and I'm just sat there going, "Well, that was wrong." <laughs> we got that one wrong. Um, you know, even with the, the amount of praise we were given going back to Vernon and Anita, how highly we, we rated that transfer at the time. Yeah, we thought it was a and brilliant signing, didn't we? And how much of an impact we thought he was going to make on the team. And he go, oh no, back up left back. Um, <laughs> and shite when he played. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you, you know, you probably had to quote me on this come... Uh, come May, well, I'm saying we're a top three team, and we've just scraped. You know, we've just scraped that 17th place. <laughs> nah, mate, 15th. It's Leeds. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'm feel, I'm feeling very confident about the way about the way we're looking at the moment. Right. Well, that'll do us. Uh, we will be back some point next week. Not sure exactly when, uh, but. We will do all the previews then. As we've already covered all news and windows shut, there shouldn't be that much. So this one, I don't know how long we've been going, but this probably hasn't been the longest one. The next one probably won't be the longest one. And that should hopefully then get us on 
a bit better timing so we can actually make sure they're always out before the first game we talk about and stuff like that. Can't promise we'll work, but we should hopefully from here on be a bit better. So uh, that'll do us for episode 29 at Mighty White's Podcast. We're at Mighty White's Pod on Twitter. We're at MightyWhitesPodcast.com. It's a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. I think basically everywhere except Spotify it should come up and like Podomatic and stuff. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at THRU, it's all LUFC. And uh, we will see you, well, you'll hear from us in a week and a bit. I've been Jack, see ya. And I've been KC, have a good one. Right, cool, in a bit, bye. Bye.